0: yo everyone welcome to the sunny go one piece podcast on this episode we're going to be talking about anime episodes 74 through 76 which will be covering manga chapters 121 through 126 fun fact about these episodes this is actually when i caught up to the anime in real time after starting the series about a year earlier in the manga i remember how hard it was to find the episodes online but luckily my dad would take me to this japanese video rental place um in our local neighborhood that would have the newest episodes for rent and they would come out at one month at a time as someone I guess was recording them in Japan and then would send them back to the US to this store and they would actually be able to rent them and I'd watch them that way for a really long time until the online subbing community had started to grow and also internet speed started to get faster and catch up so that you could actually download them at a reasonable rate and so yeah these episodes do really bring back a fond memory for me but anyways we are still on Little Garden. And let's get to the synopsis. So we're reaching the climax of the Little Garden Arc as Nami, Zoro, Vivi, and Broggy are slowly turning to wax while Luffy, Usopp, and Karu need to figure out a way to defeat Mr. Three's wax abilities as well as the other Baroque Works agents to save the others before they get completely waxed over and eventually killed. So differences, there are... I wouldn't say a lot of differences, but there is one really major one. Um, So Broggy being restrained the second time after he breaks out by Mr. 3 is far more graphic in the manga. And so as uh, Mr. 3 in the manga makes daggers out of the wax and just stabs Broggy's limbs, his hands and feet just straight up. He doesn't cover his hands with wax like he does in the anime. And the layer of wax is gone so that the it doesn't obscure the stab wounds. Instead, he makes wax daggers and they just go straight into his palms and his feet and so it is pretty graphic uh I will admit it and I'm I I'm completely understand why they decided to change that up a bit I mean the essence of the scene is still the same so it really doesn't matter and another instance of sort of dampening the violence is that we also kind of get to see Zoro's legs spewing blood after the attempt to, to cut them off to escape rather than in the anime you just see this sort of uh upshot of the blood running off the side of the candle platform and then kind of on a a similar note when luffy gets the candle lock around his feet instead of grabbing brogy's helmet horn to spin around instead in the manga he actually uses one of the daggers stuck inside brogy's hand causing a lot of pain instead of just making him dizzy in the anime but beyond those two instances of sort of dampening the violence the rest of the flow of the episode and the contents are very accurate to the manga so jumping right into the episode we begin with everybody captured Warang incapacitated with Zoro, Nami, and Vivi being stuck on Mr. Three's candle service pillar with the threat of them all being slowly turned into wax statues along with Bragi this is actually a pretty horrific way to die when you think about it just slowly losing control of your body and then and then just as slowly being su- suffocated I mean like yikes that is probably one of my worst nightmares but even in the face of all this we start to see the meaning and theme of what respect and honor between warriors is, which is what I believe the central theme of this arc is. And I like that even Zoro recognizes this and even begins to bond with Broggy immediately as they both recognize that they have this proud warrior sensibility in each other. Then we get a scene that feels like just another scene, but I feel is really important and actually really great. And it's this scene of Karu trying to dig up Luffy so that he can rescue everyone else, including Bibi. See, up till now, Karu has pretty much been a comedic sidekick pet character. But with this moment, Oda just starts to set up a and develop Karu with some actual depth and agency. He has his own motivations and values. This along with his defiance of ratting out Vivi to Mr. Five really begins to show that Karu is actually a hero and a pirate just like all the other main characters and he should be viewed as such. And I love that because Karu has some really great moments later on in the story not to spoil too much. But I never really picked up on this myself in my past rewatches of this but this time I began to understand why I and so many people love karu independently of vivi by the end of the entire alabasa saga is because of many small moments like this strewn about all the way leading up to the airy end of the saga this next scene is pretty brutal and probably one of the more graphic scenes in One Piece, even after they tone it down for the anime. And that is the scene of Brogy breaking out of his candle restraints to fight back, but is quickly subdued by Mr. Five with his nose fancy cannons. Mr. Three, seeing that, his initial restraints were just too weak. He opts to then cover Brogy's hands and feet with wax, then creates wax stakes and skewers Brogy's hands and feet into the ground. Like, ouch. I mean, and as I mentioned in the differences section, yeah, even even this version is still pretty brutal now that the situation is looking pretty dire Zoro decides that he'd rather go out fighting than helplessly being waxed over because of course Zoro has to be a badass even while being captured and he re-inspires Bragi and invites him to also fight back and I love that Broggy has given so much respect to Zoro for his warrior spirit and even thanks him for reigniting his very own they both commit to escaping at the cost of their own limbs this is seriously one of the most badass things ever especially how confident Zoro is stating that he doesn't know how but he'll figure something out even after cutting his own feet off especially finding out later that he was a hundred percent serious in this but just at the last minute Luffy, Usopp, and Karu come bursting out of the jungle to save them all Vivi immediately observed how much more calm all of a sudden Zoro and Nami have become at the sight of seeing Luffy and Usopp show up I like that Vivi is seeing firsthand the unique dynamic the Straw Hats have and just how much trust they put in Luffy and each other to save them. However, this is when Nami notices the blood running from Zoro's legs and we find out that Zoro actually did cut into his feet or his ankles halfway. Just how freaking serious he was about this plan. I mean, it's insane. Like, oh my god. And he's so nonchalant about it, too; Like, he's not in pain. And yeah, it's almost like he just treats it like he just got a paper cut. It's crazy. But then we get another reason to love Zoro now that he's confident Luffy will save him. He decides to kind of relax a little bit. And on the off (laughs) chance, he luffy fails he wants to make sure he's waxed over in a cool pose and strikes one where he's got his sword drawn above his head and his hands at his hip this scene always gives me a chuckle i i don't know what it is i love these moments of like random levity in serious moments in one piece (laughs) it's what makes the watching one piece so fun because no matter what is happening there's always some form of comedy injected into a scene except for maybe the really serious moments but i mean even though this scene is pretty much played for laughs when you really look just slightly deeper it actually reveals something really incredible Zoro who just a minute ago was not willing to die even going so far as to cut his own feet off has so much trust in Luffy that he's not okay with the risk of dying should Luffy fail like think about that for a second at this point he's pretty confident Luffy will come out victorious but should Luffy fail it's almost as if he's saying his journey is over because I think at some point and even even though this is repressive Pretty early on in the story he's already shifted his own goals from becoming solely the greatest swordsman as the primary goal but also making sure that luffy becomes pirate king has now superseded his own personal goals at least that's how i'm reading this moment it's a bit hard to talk about this any more than that without future spoilers so i'm just gonna leave it at that for now but upon rewatch this scene really made me think about that sort of dynamic between luffy and zoro and their dreams and now we finally get into the action with our first showdown of Luffy versus Mr. 3. And this fight is just another great showcase of Luffy's amazingly quick thinking and combat creativity. As he keeps turning every disadvantage Mr. 3 throws at him into an advantage. With him, anytime he gets candle locked, he just uses that as a weapon against Mr. 3. In addition, he uses the environment around him to his advantage as well with, when his mobility is hindered. And I love watching this because it makes Luffy's fight so damn Fun and funny to watch, especially seeing these villains react in ways of just dumbfounded shock. As I'm sure they've never encountered someone who fights in such a weird and sometimes idiotic way. It's especially pronounced and funny seeing a villain like Mr. Three, who's so calculated and strategic about his engagements, and he sees his strategies and plans just go awry in the most dumbest fashion ever. And it's so funny to watch. Eventually, Luffy gets the better of Mr. Three, and with Mr. Three out of commission, Luffy turns his attention to destroying the candle service pillar to save everyone but all of a sudden to everyone's shock he doesn't want to and we finally see why this mysterious and unassuming girl is paired with someone as high a rank as Mr. 3 and so Miss Golden Week uses her special ability to somehow subdue Luffy. Now this is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while now. Miss Golden Week's color trap ability. How does it work? This is something that's confused me the entire time I've been following this series. So the way it works is she paints a symbol using a specific color on her target or near the target to affect and control people through emotions. And each color is assigned a specific emotion. But I've always wondered what makes this work because it's never really explained. It's been confirmed it's not a devil fruit ability. So it is some sort of magic or some kind of science or technology used to make this special paint maybe? I've always been confused by this and Oda if I remember briefly he mentions in an SBS Q&A uh, section that it kind of works like hypnosis but it's like I still don't see how and I'd love to hear everyone else's theories mine is that it's some sort of a special paint that she makes combined with the hypnosis aspect. Otherwise how do you explain how it works even though Luffy never sees or is aware of the symbol and even if it's painted on him where he can't see it. There's 'Cause there are moments where he just doesn't notice that he's got paint on him, and yet he's somehow still hypnotized. So there's gotta be something to the paint itself too, right? Or am I just misreading everything and this just or maybe I'm just overthinking everything. But anyway, yeah. The colors trap thing always, always just kind of like this ability makes no sense, but I'll just go along with it. Anyways, the quote-unquote fight is actually really funny, seeing Luffy struggle against this ability, especially since it's said that it works especially well on simple-minded people like Luffy himself. Seeing him struggle against the bullfight Red is especially hilarious as he gears up for this massive Gomu Gomu bazooka and then puts out this pathetic whimper and just shoots the ground with these like flimsy arms, not once but twice, and it's so funny to watch. We're left on an episode cliffhanger after cutting to Usopp and Karu running from Mr. Five and Miss Valentine and coming back to the location to find that Zoro, Nami, and Vivi are all waxed over and Luffy just sitting there having tea under the spell of the soothing green from Miss Golden Week. Usopp comes to the rescue with his quick thinking and burns off Luffy's shirt and, and the marking from Miss Golden Week but he also takes his usual beating from Miss Valentine and Mr. Five Luffy does a lot of the heavy lifting here but it's Usopp who's the MVP I think in getting rid of the colors trap and destroying the candle service pillar by having kodu run around and lay an oil soaked rope everywhere so that he can set it on fire. I'm telling you folks Usopp is really underrated even at this point in the story he is a great great asset to the crew despite what many people think anyways it's during all this mr three returns to the battle with a new suit made of candle wax he dubs the candle champion and i love the synergy between golden week and mr three she paints his wax creations with his realistic paint jobs and this also marks the first of many times luffy is in absolute awe of something his opponents are doing and even if it poses danger to him and his face here is so funny And then Usopp yelling at Luffy to to get focused again and make him aware of the plan and tells him that they need to set the pillar on fire. And then he proceeds to grab Mr. Three's hair to set the rope on fire and melt away everything. This is also another weird thing is along with Miss Golden Week, Mr. Three's hair. So the hair and the little three that he makes with his hair catches fire like a candle wax uh, wick. And... I don't understand how this hair lights on fire and stays, you know, lit without setting his entire head on fire. And then it also seems to like gain intensity. (laughs) Like, I don't think this is a part of his devil fruit ability, but the fire gets more intense the more like angry he gets or the more intense he gets. And then it also just sort of stays lit without burning up the rest of his head. I I mean, again, I don't really question this. I just always found it as a weird thing. After everyone is set free, Usopp is about to be crushed by, I guess, or more like beheaded by Miss Valentine, and Nami and Vivi save him in the nick of time now that they are free. I think this is the first bit of fan service creeping into the series with Nami and her bra. It's not too bad for now, but knowing what it becomes and how it progresses, I'm a little disappointed, but we don't really have to worry about this too much for a while, but yeah, it it does start here, I feel like. Zoro again has another great moment to shine with his swift takedown of Mr. Five. And another fun fact here, he uses an onigiri while he's on fire and calls it a yaki onigiri. This is another fun Japanese wordplay on a food item. We all know that onigiri is translated as kind of demon slash, but it's also rice ball. And there actually is a dish called a yaki onigiri, which is a grilled rice ball, um, which I'm a big fan of. And so we have this double wordplay on different foods. And yeah, I'm just going to keep pointing these out because I love the little double meanings of Zoro's moves. The end to this fight is a little anticlimactic and also has been a little strange to me. Something about it was always presented oddly, like there was more to this scene than meets the eye. It ends with Mr. 3 running into the forest with his candle champion all melted. He creates a bunch of wax copies of himself to trick Luffy with a snake attack but Luffy correctly picks the right Mr. 3 and Gomu Gomu no stamps him in the face. As Mr. 3 goes unconscious he asks how Luffy knew and Luffy just flat out says had a hunch or in Japanese it's more he says instinct and this was always such an abrupt and odd way to end the fight and I think I know now that this may have been a small fortune or something but even then I'm not sure I'll talk about this moment a little bit more in the spoiler section but yeah something about this scene always just was strange to me anyways to round these episodes off we finally get to see what Sanji has been doing this whole time and I'll be honest the first time I read through this I completely forgot about Sanji (laughs) but he has been on the ship waiting for everybody but then decides to go out looking for the others after not seeing anyone for such a long time. And he accidentally stumbles on Mr. 3's hideout. And just then, the Mushi rings. And who's on the other end? None other than Mr. Zero Crocodile himself. And that's where the episode ends. Like, what a freaking cliffhanger. Sanji's about to talk to Mr. Zero. Before closing out this episode, we get a new ending theme here called Shouchi which translates to, that's a fact? performed by Suite Shoujo. I always kind of forget about this ending theme as it only runs for eight episodes, but I do like the song itself. However, it's just not that memorable. The animation is pretty boring with just a bunch of slick looking desktop backgrounds is what I like to refer to them, of each crew member, with one notable inclusion of Miss All Sunday mouthing the line, forget about them. It's interesting they decided to put her in this ending theme and I have my thoughts, but I'll save them for another time as they're a bit spoilery. The lyrics are pretty generic about perils of sailing on the high seas and working hard to overcome those and reach your ambitions. However, this is one of the endings I do enjoy listening to as it has this high energy and cool rock vibe to it. But like I said, I have to forget about this song due to its limited run and kind of genericness in most aspects of it. In closing these were some really fun episodes and they were really funny too with some smaller uh, you know awesome moments with each character getting a lot of cool bits to do and with Zoro and Usopp I think they really take the cake with these episodes. We don't really get much from Sanji but based on that crazy cliffhanger it looks like he's gonna have you know a pretty big moment to shine in these next few episodes. Anyways if you enjoyed this send me a like or comment and if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece please consider subscribing check out my instagram and twitter account at SunnyGo podcast if you want to get some updates on when i post new episodes or just see some pictures of one piece stuff check those out and as always i wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast and stay tuned for a very very small spoiler section just maybe one two things that i wanted to point out but yeah i hope to see you on the next episode bye So yeah, the only real thing I wanted to talk about was that one moment where Luffy stamps Mr. Three's face and he just briefly brushes it off with instinct as how he knew which one was the correct one. And... You know knowing what I know now I wonder if this is like referring to sort of Luffy's animalistic instincts or if this was actually maybe his observation Haki sort of creeping its way out and he just knew based on you know feeling that Haki around obviously he doesn't know that it's Haki and we don't either and I don't think anyone knew apart from Oda but it's just interesting to, to see that he just knew and the way the scene plays out it emphasized the fact that it was instinct and I always just found that really weird especially how the anime frames it too it's like this really big deal but it doesn't seem like a big deal at the same time it's just the way the whole flow and pacing of that scene and what it emphasizes I always just found very strange so I'm leaning more towards the fact that maybe this was a hockey type moment like a precursor to observation hockey but who knows I could just be totally talking out of my butt right now but (laughs) but that's kind of what I think about now that I know you know all about hockey at this point but yeah that's pretty much all I wanted to mention in the spoiler section. Nothing too big. Anyways, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.